0: Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Welcome to the Unity Talks Podcast. I'm your host, once again, David Cathy, and I'm here with our special guest, Matt Fulmer. Just a little bit of Matt's background. Matt has a bachelor's and a master's from Baylor University. He had six years at KPMG. He's going on 11 years at PepsiCo, which is a fantastically large company. And what's more important than all of that, when Matt and I were talking in our pre-show prep, is he's got a wife of 16 years and two boys. So, welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, David. Great to have you. Yeah, absolutely. So, how old are the boys? They are 10 and 8. 10 and 8. Yeah. So, weekends filled with Sports, athletics and... Sports, friends, everything. They're at the I- age where they're scheming together
1: now, so it's, yeah. it's a blast. They're yeah. best friends. We love it.
0: And from talking earlier on the show, I know that you were a soccer player That's and a right. sports player growing up, so it's it's payback for you for having to have your parents oh drive you all over the place, That's right? That's right. They took me all over, and uh, it's like we were saying
1: when we talked yesterday, I thought they enjoyed it, and after talking to them now, I asked them how they got through it, and they said, oh, we didn't like it. We did it for you, and now I get it, because it's yeah. kind of parents doing it for the kids, and they love them, and we enjoy doing it. Seeing them enjoy what they're doing is yeah. great for us.
0: It's awesome. I've been one of those parents with both of my kids, so I know how those... Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays through Fridays, so it's every day of the week you got something going on. So yeah. That's really cool. Well, I want to go back when you were a kid. Sure. So you grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. You moved to Flower Mound, but you know, let's let's go back to Little Rock, Arkansas. Sure. Okay. You're eight years old. Yeah and you're sitting there growing up and and i don't know about you but when i was eight years old i didn't think i wanted to work for a massive consumer packaged goods company right. you know i was probably thinking i was either going to be michael jordan or i was going to be a police officer that's right when you were eight what did you want to do was this your future were you like i'm going accounting and finance no i think subconsciously i, I had a big company in me my dad
1: worked for ibm and that was what took us from arkansas we moved to kansas city and then ultimately here to dallas um, and, and seeing him, he instilled a tremendous work ethic in me and he just kind of worked hard and it was go to work, come home and retire and that was what I saw. So it, it didn't really surprise me when that path came to fruition, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, absolutely. When you're there, it's sort of subconscious stuff that just gets planted in your head and you don't really think about it at the time. Yeah. And um, you know, then when I was in college and, and working at KPMG, the, the transition out of that, I, I'd never really viewed myself as an entrepreneur that kind of had my own path where you're going to go start something up. I always had a tremendous admiration for people that could do that. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like it was sort of a, a normal transition for me to move into to PepsiCo at a Fortune 50 company. Huge and a lot of opportunity there, but very different uh, yeah. than going and trying to start my own business.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is huge. But IBM, PepsiCo, your dad and you are battling for who's working for the bigger <laughs> company, right? There must be a family competition. Um, he, we, I, we thought he was going to be a, a winger for Liverpool. That's right. Which Matt was a soccer fan and I'm a huge soccer fan and so it wasn't soccer was not in your future no 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 I knew I had a ceiling played (laughs) growing up and uh, played at Baylor while I was there
1: but uh that that was we knew that was the end while we were there so no aspirations past that
0: well you brought your dad up and when we were talking earlier you said um you know I thought I was going to go to a different school Mm -hmm. um, because soccer was my path and I was going to go to a program and it was a smaller school Right. And as you were driving back home, mm-hmm. y'all stopped and your dad posed a question to you mm-hmm. just to make you think, you know, should I go to this school or right. should I stop off at Baylor? You happen to be in Waco. Right. Right. Tell us a little right. bit about that. Well, it was one of those moments that
1: influenced me now as a dad. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time, we were traveling all over Texas and Kind of regional areas looking at colleges to go play soccer at and at the time i wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. um, and my dad kind of saw where we were going saw the programs of the schools lots of lots of schools have lots of ways to get into medicine mm-hmm. um, but where i happened to be looking for school there just wasn't that avenue um, and he had the courage his dad to kind of pull me aside and the question he asked me is what you gonna what are you gonna do after school yeah. uh, and i hadn't thought about it right because you're an 18 year old kid stand on the building with your cape whipping in the wind think you're superman and have it all figured out and then all of a sudden you pose one question and realize i have no idea um, and so we kind of talked about it a little bit on the way home and uh, like you said we were at baylor my dad got his master's there and my mom went to undergrad there so it was a natural fit for family um, but, but we walked in and, and saw it and i fell in love with the campus immediately and you know thankfully went there uh, yeah. but you know even like you said the, the first time my i guess my freshman year i was still intending to go to medical school Uh, And and realized very quickly, kind of like I I told you yesterday that uh, I have, I I love helping people, but when I see blood, I pass out and you can't (laughs) put those two things together and and be a good doctor. So uh, I realized I needed to find something else.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think when you, what struck me when we were talking about the school and how you were fully intending to go to one and switch to Baylor, it's, it's not that one school is better than the other school. It's just that you were open and you approached it with an open mind. You weren't so set in your ways that you couldn't be swayed to something else. So someone may want to go to a large school. Sure. And then they switch and they go to a small school for circumstances that impact them. And that right. just showed that you were open. And to that point, one of the things that we talked about was you started out. Doctor was the path. Right. I want to be a doctor. And then blood scares you to death. Right. 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 And then it became attorney. Yeah. But yet. You went to KPMG and you graduated with an accounting degree, right? How how did that come about?
1: I had always been growing up. My parents challenged me to just excel in everything that we did. Mm-hmm. That was just sort of the mentality in our home. And you know, it was kind of the the growing up. It was doctor, lawyer, something. Just they were just kind of names that were thrown around of jobs you didn't really understand and. Um, honestly, it was a little bit of naive college kid and got there, wanted to be a doctor that didn't work. And so just everything we had talked about growing up was something else that was a great profession. Mm-hmm. And so decided we want to go to law school. And, um, I don't really know why I didn't honestly, cause that, that had kind of lingered even while I was at KPMG. I uh, met a number of friends at Baylor that, that influenced me to go the accounting route and, and realize that my n- brain is one of the strange ones that, that clicks with numbers. And yeah. uh, so, you know, pursued that for a while. And law school always kind of lingered in the back of my mind. Um, but then even you know further, when I started at KPMG, I, I loved teaching. And I was involved in our national um, teaching programs at, at KPMG, taught some of our national trainings for new hires and uh, first and second year associates. And there was a period of time where I, I wanted to go teach. And I actually sent an application to go to a doctoral program at the University of Arkansas oh, wow. uh, to teach and, and go do accounting. And uh, I didn't. And th- there there were times throughout that whole journey where I, I looked at it and said, well, you know, what if, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I read up a quote from, I think it was Michael Jordan that said it, where he said, once I make a decision, I don't look back. Because there were so many times there where you know you look at a career and you say, okay, I was gonna be a doctor, that didn't work out. Okay, I'm gonna go to law school, that mm-hmm. didn't work out. And all of a sudden you become an accountant, you go to a KPMG, tremendous firm to work for. Uh, you end up at Frito-Lay, another tremendous company to work for within the PepsiCo umbrella. And you just kind of sit there and go, well, what if there's so many choices in there that could have taken life a completely different direction? Yeah. Um, but that, quote has kind of stuck with me, where We have Everything's great. I mean, this has been a tremendous career. I've had great experiences, experienced a lot of different things, and mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that it worked out the way that it did, and I wouldn't change any of it. But yeah. until I kind of read that quote and marinated on it for a little bit, it's real easy to look backwards and go, gosh, I, maybe if I did that, it would have been a little different or better. Or, yeah. Um, so I just try not to dwell on it as I was going through it. But yeah, there, there were a lot of twists and turns along the way.
0: I know. I, you know, you think you know someone, and then all of a sudden you find out something new <laughs> that he's trying to go put a doctoral program at University of Arkansas. I didn't right. know that so that's really cool i think you know there's two schools of thought and and both of them are right you know there's well you always need to have some type of backup plan sure and and that's okay right and some people live by that and others say no plan b there's only plan a i am not gonna give up i'm gonna fight through this i think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have that i'm not gonna give up it's plan a or bust you know because plan a can be rocky right and you gotta be able to battle through some of the adversity with that, sure. you know? And, and so that quote uh, helped you with your career, which is great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so long-term vision, right? You're at KPMG. Mm-hmm. Did you think, oh, I'm gonna be on partner track, that's what I wanna do? When I started,
1: I wanted to put my head down, work for mm-hmm. five years and make manager. That, that was the, the number one goal going in. And when, when okay. I got to that point, I wanted to reevaluate and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have grand aspirations of becoming a partner. And my workload at the time probably is what influenced that more than anything. Yeah. Uh, we were, my wife and I, it was right about the time that, that our oldest son was coming along, mm-hmm. and I was traveling at the time 33 weeks out of the year. Um, and, and it was just one of those things where had nothing to do with the firm, nothing to do with anything else. It was a personal choice with family. Yeah. And it said, you know, right now I'd, I'd rather be here and I'd rather be with family and spend that time with my son. And um, so reached out and was able to have the opportunity with Frito come along. And, and you know, again, not looking back at it, but yeah, it yeah. was it was the goal going in. Um, yeah. But then with the workload and everything else, mine was just one where the, the natural transition and the, the right call was to move on to something else.
0: It's one of our core values. Family always comes first. It's our number one core value that we have at Unity is family first. And and you exemplified that by making the decision that you needed to make with your family. So very admirable. I think one of the things that's so interesting about that transition that you made from public accounting, KPMG, to Mm -hmm. PepsiCo, Frito-Lay, which was you said, well, I wanted to get in finance. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And being a recruiting firm, I mean, I think almost every person coming out of public accounting is all about finance, right? right? And it's so competitive to get that because people who are leaving, you're competing with the best of the best to get a limited number of jobs, and you're also competing with people who are financial analysts to get those same jobs, right? right? And you took a unique path. You you took kind of a little bit of a step back into an internal audit role. That's right. What, what caused you to make that decision?
1: Well, it, it was Mike, Blurton, honestly. Um, he sat down and and he said, you know, the, the role that I'm about to present you with, if you weren't my friend, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity that kind of aligns with everything you, you were looking for. Because the, the joke that I had when I was at KPMG is I could quote any account, any, financial statement paragraph from any of my clients, but I didn't know how they made money. I didn't know how the business worked. Yeah, And so that was what drove me and spurred me into the finance side of the business, because you were still a business partner, you were still a strategic thinker, you were still had a seat at the table, um, but you really understood the financial ramifications of the decisions, who they impacted, how they impacted them, yeah. how the business worked. Um, and, and to get into a PepsiCo, the, the natural transition, transition from KPMG was into corporate audit. And coming out at a manager level, was one where it, it wasn't a natural transition. A lot of people enter the internal audit program at PepsiCo as second-year seniors, you know, third-year. they will see it's kind of that three, four-year range, and I was at the end of six. Um, and it was something where the, the opportunity fit with the long-term goal, and I had to make you know you could. And again, looking back on it, wouldn't do anything about it differently. But at the time, it was a moment where. There was some pride involved where I kind of said, I don't know if this is what I want because there's a lot of other things that I could go do as a manager to go do something else. But, you know, again, had a a great friend that was able to sit down with me and say, hey, this you know lines up. Trust me a little bit. I'm glad I did because it's been great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great story. It's it's the long term. You're young in your career. Right. And you got a long ways to go. Right. And you and you kind of were drawn towards those Fortune 500 companies right. with your dad being at one. That's right. And so you knew that you could make up that ground, right? And here we are today, finance director. I mean, a couple of things that you faced here at PepsiCo, seven jobs in 11 years. Right. It's crazy. It's like, you know, just over a year right. uh, per job that you're in at PepsiCo. You move across halfway across the country to North Carolina. Right. You've moved back over here. So I'm sure that's been, you've seen some challenges when you've been at PepsiCo in your career, when you relate your career path, how it's manifested along with your family and moving them.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's a journey that I've really enjoyed because it allows you to, get a lot of different experiences. There's a breadth of experiences that you can get at a company like PepsiCo. Working within Frito-Lay, we have cross-divisional opportunities, we have international opportunities, there's lots of places that you can go. Mm -hmm. But the the thing that you can get trapped in is moving too quickly, not having the right amount of time in a role to really gain the critical experiences from that role so that you can carry those into whatever's next. And for me, fortunately, the, the majority of those different roles have been incremental enough to where they're different, but I've also been able to, to build upon them. And now that, you know, to what you mentioned earlier, I, I moved out to Charlotte, moved the family out there. Um, it was going to be a year and a half, but it, we turned it into four. We, we loved yeah. it out there. And, and even that, um, that is an experience having the opportunity to do that. Uh, my wife and her family are all here. And the, the joke that I have for everybody is I've got a wonderful, and family with in-laws and everything else but the joke that i have is we've been married 16 years and i still meet new people at christmas uh, and my <laughs> wife has not been outside of the metroplex her entire life and so wow. for her to uproot and move from that um was a big deal yeah and we moved out there and kind of like we talked about earlier with the decisions it was the best thing that we could have done as a family we yeah. have memories that last forever and professionally uh, i got to work for a woman out there who is incredibly challenging to work for. And it's another one of those points that I value tremendously, and I I give feedback to my teams and anybody that comes into Frito is go challenge yourself and work hard. Mm -hmm. Because part of that move to Charlotte sharpened me in a way where um, the woman that I worked for was a tremendous mentor, Mm -hmm. um, but she demanded a lot. And coming out of that, I can now come back to, to Dallas, where Frito's headquarters are, and add a tremendous amount of value about the decisions we make here and the strategic impact that they have on our frontline sales teams in a way that a lot of other people can't. And it's not to say that one experience is better than the other, right? But it's just kind of looking at it and saying, okay, there's a lot of different jobs, a lot of different things you can do. But I've always looked at it as how do you build a career where you can look back on it and say, you know, maybe you want to do one thing and maybe you're a subject matter expert at it. You're just a mile deep. And that's all you want to do. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. You open a business, do one thing. But I've just kind of looked at it that says, how do I get an opportunity to have different experiences along the way that are able to grow, build on each other? And then I can look back and go, it was just a lot of fun. And, yeah. and so far, that's worked out.
0: Yeah. Well, I love the word you used. It sharpened me. Yeah. I love that, man. And and when you said that, I'm sitting here reflecting on myself going, man, I can do a better job of sharpening people that work at unity and I can continue to do a better job of sharpening myself, you know, by surrounding yourself with people that are going to make you better by what you're listening to using your drive time as getting an MBA. I live in McKinney. I drive here to North Dallas, you know, and just what I'm tuned into can sharpen me and therefore I can pay it forward to others. And that's what she did for you.
1: That's right. And then she taught me a lot about how to be a leader. And it was one of those things where we have a, a model and a framework that we use for, for mentoring and career conversations at Pepsi. And it starts kind of with aspirations and capabilities and then engagement. And, and you sort of work that way. And that's mm-hmm. that's naturally the way that your mind works. We're, okay, what do you want to aspire to be? Mm-hmm. Um, but she taught me that you look at it the other way. You start with what engages you. Because when you're able to see, hey, what engages you, what drives you, what motivates you, then it, it really stuck it kind down of turned it on, on its head for me. But when you see what engages somebody, then you're able to pair that with their capabilities and help them to see if, hey, what you aspire to, maybe it works, but maybe it doesn't. And as a leader, you're able to have the courage to have those conversations, just like my dad did with me on the side of the highway, yeah. uh, coming back up, but you can really help people kind of guide through their careers. So I love mentoring, leading my teams, and, and that really left a, a lasting impact on me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. So you wanted to be a teacher mm-hmm. and then you were taught by her. So you're a lifelong learner now you have opportunities to pay it forward as you just referenced sure so w- what are what are the top two lessons that you try to pass on to your team because i'm sure that your team it's probably made up with a wide mix of people sure and you know and i and i feel bad because i feel like nowadays the millennial generation just gets beat up on by sure everybody you know oh they're and i don't think so i don't think that they're lazy or the words that you would assign to them i think they're just different from how gen x was raised And um, I think there's so much value. They're the largest population in our workforce. So how do you guide them on your team?
1: It's two things. It's work hard and don't be afraid to fail. Uh, You know, I think that working hard is something that in the society that we live in today, the microwave culture, having the iPhones and not even having to key in what you want. You just ask Siri, right? Ask Alexa Mm -hmm. and you can figure it out. Um, That mentality can creep into your work life if you're not careful. And you think that I don't have to work hard, or I have to, you know, be perfect along the way. No, go, go work hard. And you know, the, again, I'm a big fan of quotes, as you have probably figured out. But the Thomas Jefferson quote around, I really believe in luck. The harder I work, the more I have. Yeah. And you know, that, that kind of that mentality is invaluable in the workplace because if you work hard, I'm a big believer, and you know, things are going to work out. But don't be afraid to fail because there there's a lot of places now where the mentality is if you're not perfect then you won't get a good rating. Or if you're not yep. perfect, then my boss isn't gonna think that I'm capable. Or if you're not perfect, then any number of things, right? Yeah. But be afraid to fail. Don't don't be afraid
0: to fail, just move forward, it's fine. So you, so you were working for a lady that was challenging to work for mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And I'm sure coming from your background, Baylor grad, master's in accounting, mm-hmm. KPMG, one of the big four, then you move on to this company, PepsiCo, right. big Fortune 50 company. And then all of a sudden, you're really challenged. You're in a new city, a new state, halfway across the right. country. You moved your wife and your family over there, yeah. and you're facing a challenging manager that sharpened you. But right. I'm sure you thought, "Gosh, is is this the right move? Am I am I failing here more maybe then than you ever had?" Oh, every day. How do you overcome that? <laughs> well, you just, you just keep
1: going, yeah. right? I mean, that, there's there's nothing wrong with failing. You just move forward and mm-hmm. do better and what you realize is one success turns into another success. And if you fail, okay, pick yourself up and yeah. move forward to the next one. And that manager discovered that she could learn to trust me because if I failed, I'd fix it. And once you fix a couple of things, then all of a sudden you start to do better and better. And then you have that trust. And then that relationship grows and fosters into one where it's a, a mentor-mentee versus you know manager-employee. And you, you don't look at, you don't have that same viewpoint of Uh, your manager anymore when you look at it and say man you've taught me a tremendous amount but you had to get through it because yeah you're right it's it's intimidating don't get me wrong there were you know days where i'd wake up and i'd have back sweat having to go talk to her Um, but it was an incredible experience just to kind of look back on it now and say if, if it wasn't for those difficult challenging times things would probably be a little different now
0: yeah yeah. Well, you know, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on something. It's something that we talk about a lot and we're and we're pausing on the millennial generation a little bit because sure. it's it's a huge topic in today's corporate environment. And and there's this notion where they just want jobs given to them mm-hmm. as opposed to you've talked about work hard, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to fail, and that and that is earning the job, the right. promotion. And so do you see people at PepsiCo, whether it's in your department or not, where there's this notion of, well, I just want that job. So just tell me what I need to do to get that job. And, and how do you train those people or influence them to, you know, work hard? You know, they didn't see you go through the gears, sure. right? They sure. showed up and you're already a finance director. They didn't see you put in the hours at KPMG right. and go and take a, an audit role and then have to kind of build your industry career sure. over again. Yeah. So, so, how do you demonstrate to them, hey, look, you got to work through the gears. You don't jump from first gear to fifth gear. Right. You go one, two, three, four, five. How, how do you explain that to them?
1: I think you see both. I mean, I think, you know, I turned 42 months ago and I'm sort of getting to the place now where you look back and you hear all the things that the older generation says about a younger generation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm kind of there because the, the reputation that millennials have in the workforce is, is exactly how you laid it out. But you see a lot of them that are they're great, they work really hard. They're great workers. They want to do a good job. Um, they want flexibility that maybe we haven't had in the past, but I think that helps us create a workplace that's more diverse, more inclusive, and, and there's not bad things there either. Um, but you, you see both, and what I try to do is encourage both groups, the ones that want to go work hard and the ones that want the job, because especially at a place like PepsiCo, the, the it's not quite like a big four accounting firm where you have the very – rigid structure. And after mm-hmm. a certain number of years, your next level, a certain number of years, your next level, uh, PepsiCo's kind of 18 to 24 months. If you do a good job and opportunities are available, you're able to move into a different role. Um, uh, the, the advice that I give both of those groups, the ones that work hard and the ones mm-hmm. that think that it just comes naturally is don't leave until you feel like you've accomplished everything that you can and add value. Cause when you move into a new, new role, there's, three to six months that you're just trying to figure out what you're doing yep. and then after that there's a period of time where you start understanding it and you're able to kind of communicate with your business partners and then you start adding value and I always encourage people to get to that point where you feel like you're adding value once you're adding value you feel like there's nothing else that you can glean from that then move on to the next thing and the difference is those people that work hard want to do that and, and the ones that want to get in just you know move up as quickly as they can um, some do and some don't but that has caught up to people. Where now you you see folks in the executive ranks that have moved up very very quickly just because they want to, mm-hmm. and they struggle. Uh, versus you know there's not a right amount of time and there's not a right path. And PepsiCo is a perfect place for that. There, there's there was a, a slide that one of our uh, our CFO in, in New York put up a path a slide that showed job paths of all the C-suite executives at PepsiCo, and and the kind of intrinsic thought that you have in your mind is that there's one right. Yeah. You, so I need to follow him and I'll be successful just like he is. And it looked like a bowl of spaghetti. Everybody went to different countries and different places and different projects and different teams. And so there's not one way to get there, but I try to encourage anybody that works for me to don't leave until you're ready and work as hard as you can while you're here because you never know some of those relationships with the people you're working hard with when they may need to speak on your path in the future because paths will always cross again. That's right. Um, and, you know, that it's simple advice and sometimes people listen and take it and sometimes they don't and sometimes I probably present it poorly so they don't want to hear it anyway. Yeah, but yeah. that's kind of how I approach it with them.
0: Yeah, I love that. It makes me think of two things, what you just said. It, it makes me think of someone is going to follow you. When you leave that role and you vacate it, To move into a new role at pepsico or whatever company you're at someone's going to follow you right and when they do you want them coming in and looking at your job and going oh my gosh man this person was fantastic the work product that they produced they left the job better than what they got it that's right and now i need to improve on this and if i need to improve on this that's a huge challenge and that elevates the entire company Right. That's right. Because if everybody has that type of attitude when they go into that job right. over the court, the compound effect of 10 years of that elevates the organization tremendously. That's right. The other thing that made me think about it is it made me think about that comic strip where it's like people think that it's, you know, you begin here and you in here and right. that's the line of success. Right. You know, and when they pull back and look at the real picture, it is just a bunch of squiggly lines all, right. all over the place. That's what it really was. That's right. And, and that's the executives at PepsiCo, and I think more people need to see that. Yeah,
1: and I think you need to hear that it's okay, right? Because all too often, especially with the, the folks that I, I work with today, they're nervous about that long-term career path, right? They want to have the critical experiences that it takes to, to, to get to whatever level they aspire to, Yeah. but they don't know how to get there. And if they take a wrong step, well, you know, can I get there still? And it's, Yeah, <laughs> you're going to look back however many years you move forward and look back to that, it's probably not going to be what you thought it was. And it's just, I've always tried to take the approach of, you know, I've been tremendously blessed in so many aspects, family. I've got a wonderful wife, wonderful kids. Job's been great. You look back and you go, okay, do I have the nicest car on the highway? No. Do I have the best job in the Metroplex? No. But there's so many things to be thankful for. And I yeah. just try to pause to do that. Because if you don't, you can get stuck in the rat race and it's just real tough to get out of Yeah. There.
0: You know, we talk about something at Unity a lot and we talk about just be better than what you were yesterday. That's right. right. I exactly. mean just build on yourself. Just one percent better each day, right? Right. You don't have to compare yourself to whatever competitor you're thinking of. You don't have to compare yourself to the person that's sitting next to you. That's right. Just compare yourself to who you were the previous day. That's right. And try to improve on that. Yeah. And that's huge. That's that's, huge. Right. that's something that you, you know, liking, wanting to be a teacher at some point in time and then loving to pass messages down to your team. Now, you know, I'm certain you pass a lot of that stuff down to both of your boys.
1: Yeah, that's right. Teach yeah. them. It's
0: the same kind of thing you bring home, right?
1: Failures okay. Just don't quit.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, as we wrap up, I'd love for, I'd love to get your thoughts, you know, for our listeners, I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, what would you leave them with? What is the one piece of advice? or if we could give them an action item or just yeah. something to ponder about. You know, someone who's new, right? They just graduated from, you know, a local university or any university. They're just starting out in their career. Yeah. What do you give as advice to that person?
1: I mean, I think the, the biggest piece that I'd say is leadership is something that you, you grow into. And, and starting a career all too often you can look at that and say i want to be a leader or i want this today or i want that now and, and be patient with it so mm-hmm. patient is going to be the key to, to growing a successful career there's twists and turns along the way if you want to grow into a leader great some people don't want to do that some people want to be a key contributor and they just prefer not to manage people or be the strategic thinker or the visionary or whatever that's fine but just be patient with whatever you're doing and like i said earlier work hard i think those two are the things that i'd, I'd leave everybody with because from that you can you can basically spend that any way you want to 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 encourage people and I, my teams are whenever we meet I, I try to leave them with the the work hard number one but the other thing that I ask them to do is I try to come at them with a, with a humble heart and say, "What can I do for you too?" Mm-hmm. I think all too often people can get in a place where as a leader, they think they have to have all the answers they think that they have to do everything right they think that they have to only guide and direct and uh, I just transitioned to a team now where I have folks with multiple decades of experience, all of them. And the 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 joke I have with them is they've forgotten about more of what their subject is than most people know. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was challenging for me. Every job I've ever been in up to this point was I need to bring them along with me. I need to teach. I need to mentor. I need to help shape. And now I'm kind of stepping out of the way of how how do I remove barriers so they can be successful, right? But I that empathy that that humility. I didn't have until I stepped into that role, and it was kind of in there, right? But you never had to apply it in a work setting, and so the patience, working hard, being able to adapt—that you know—I think you asked me for one thing, and I've given you four or five. No, um, but they're great. But I think the thing that that you just have to do is is realize that it's a journey. Be flexible with it. Be patient with it. Work hard, and it'll all work out.
0: Yeah, you know, I think if our listeners just listen to what he just said, what Matt just said, it's patience and it's work hard, and anybody can be a leader it doesn't you sure. don't have to have a team to be that leader. Nope. you can be a leader on the team as that's a right. producer and set the example and, and be the model for others to live up to right and, and hold each other accountable that's right you know but patience and work hard I think if everybody can do that it just has that compounding effect on them right yeah absolutely. Matt, man, it's been great having you here. I've loved you sharing the knowledge. I know our listeners are going to love having listened to you and be able to apply that to their career. So thank you so much for being here today. David, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And for our listeners, we thank you again for joining us for this short little segment here, 30 minutes of your day. We really appreciate it. And until next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step Unity Search, placing you first.